0: Good morning. It is Thursday morning, and it is I.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it can only be Amanda's Mighty Mix Show. <sighs> <laughs> Don't forget, I've got the brown guy mank brown... brown car guy coming in today he'll be in about 10 30 talk about youth all things you less
2: so that was the amazing amanda weston who reached out and invited me to join her on her radio show on ridge radio so i went there and did that today so here follows basically the podcast from that show that was recorded earlier today talking about obviously all things you but a few other things as well hope you enjoy it
1: brown card
0: I've been talking to our very special guest, guest Shazad. Hello, yes, hi, <laughs> and you're the brown car. Guy. That's right. And you're here to talk all things Liz.
2: Yeah, well, I can talk about anything you like in terms of automotive or anything you like, but I think ULiz is a bit of a hot topic right now, isn't it? It is,
0: it it is, yes. So give us a quick breakdown of who you are and what you are. Who I am.
2: Okay, well, I'm the brown car guy, not because I have a brown car. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Really? Oh, gosh.
2: (laughs) My car is actually black. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, uh, no, I'm very clearly the brown car guy because I'm brown and I'm a car guy. So that's that's the way I, that's, people ask me, why brown car guy? And it's like, that's what it actually means. It, I'm effectively, I've been a journalist, uh, motoring journalist for over 33 years across the UK and the Middle East as well. And I worked at all levels, you know, from doing the Middle East edition of Car magazines, So dealing with supercars, hypercars, to having launched the Parker's Guides website here in the UK back in the year 2000, you know, which was one of the most popular consumer websites uh, guiding people. People to buy cars and stuff like that. Wow. So, yeah, I've been at all extremes of automotive, you know, digital, print, YouTube. At the moment, these days, I'm freelancing as a journalist, but I also have, as you can see, the Brown Car Guy channel, <laughs> which is available on everything. So, whilst I've got the opportunity to plug myself. Plug it. Go for <laughs> you it. Know, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, you name it, just just type in Brown Car Guy and you will find me. Right. TikTok, you're not dancing on there, are you? Uh, I try not to. <laughs> I'm not a great dancer, <laughs> admittedly. The thing is, there's a huge disconnect between my brain and my feet because my brain thinks I can dance, but my feet know that I can't. I, unfortunately, my brain gets carried away sometimes.
1: So, yeah.
0: <laughs> Love it. I'm going to have to go on there. I didn't realise, I've seen obviously seen you on the YouTube and yeah. on the Facebook. I haven't been on TikTok. I'll have to look for you on there. <laughs> might, you might fun. see some, some of me singing on there for you. All right, well, there
2: you go. <laughs> I mean, you know, you have to approach each of these platforms in a different way. Yeah. So, you know, it's sometimes you can use the same content across different platforms. And sometimes you do things that are a little bit different just for that particular platform. So, yeah. I've done a few videos on TikTok with my daughter. Um, um, you know, right. So, those are the ones where we do a little bit of comedy and a bit of dancing. So, you know, but uh, more yeah, her I'm, dancing than me. But, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm definitely going on
2: there. <laughs> so. Yes. ULES. ULES. So ULES is the ultra-low emission zone, as we know. Yes. Uh, It was introduced in 2019 in central London. And last year was actually extended out to the North Circular and South Circular roads, which was a bit of a headache for a lot of people. But I guess we largely stomached it and and moved on, didn't we? We did, yes. Um, Then last year, late last year, they started to talk about expanding it even further. And when I say they, I mean Sadiq Khan, the mayor of London. Mm -hmm. Um, And basically around November, they said that they were going ahead. Okay, how much time have we got? Well, not a lot, because it's happening in August of this year, or Mm -hmm. right at the end of August this year. And effectively, what they're doing is they're expanding it out (coughs) to pretty much the M25 to cover the entire Greater London area. So that's covering most of the boroughs. And in many areas, that means effectively up to the M25. It's not entirely up to the M25, which of course, in itself, is going to cause a lot of confusion. Mm. But In most cases, it is. And I think that this has become a big issue of discussion and debate because considering that the time and the era that we're in and the fact that we are in a kind of a recession, I think the Bank of England has made clear that we are in a recession. Uh, The fact that energy prices are absolutely rocketing, the fact that petrol prices have rocketed, mm-hmm. the fact that in London itself, the mayor is going to increase our council tax. Oh. Uh, the fact that our energy prices, by the way, the bills are going to go up again in April. Yep. And the fact that just the public transport system alone, which is effectively what they're trying to say. They want to get us out of cars onto public transport, right? Yep. But they're putting the prices of that up by 6%. Gosh,
0: <laughs> we're um, we're... Not good, in a good way. No. <laughs> Trying to think of a nice word then. <laughs> no, no, yes, exactly. Yeah, we could use
2: some choice, choice juicy language <laughs> yes. right there, but uh, probably best not to. But, yeah, so, I mean, I think that the key thing for a lot of people is suddenly the position that they find themselves in. Yeah. Where they're like, okay, well, all of a sudden, you know, I was happily motoring along. And now all of a sudden, just to leave my house, mm-hmm. I have to pay £12.50 every time I drive the car. I'm in the mm-hmm. same position. Mm-hmm. I live in uh, Kingsbury. Yep. In northwest London. It's adjacent to Wembley. And Mm. at the moment, I literally live on the correct side of the North Circular. So I'm okay. Yeah. My, I I wouldn't say daily driver because I don't drive it every day, but Mm -hmm. I have driven it here today. I actually run around in a 1989 classic BMW. Nice. Which, you know, uh, is, I call it a classic. Most people would say it's a classic. But according to the official categorization, it's not.
1: Ah.
2: (coughs) Excuse me. Because you have to be 40 years or older for it to be a classic, for it to be registered. Mm-hmm. If it's older than 40 years, it's ULEZ exempt. But it's right. not older than 40 years, so therefore it's not ULEZ exempt. Right. And the way that you can be ULEZ exempt on a car is you need to be uh, Euro 4 for petrol. Mm-hmm. So this is the emission standards that we're talking about. Euro right. 4 for petrol. And Euro 6 for diesel. Right. And a lot of people have said to me, it's like, well, it doesn't make sense in terms of the CO2 emissions. You have to realize that it's not actually about CO2. It's about nitrogen dioxide. So it's about the NOx emissions. Because those are the chemical or those are the the substances, if you like, that are considered to be harmful um, to air pollution, which causes illnesses in people, respiratory illnesses um, by and large. So these also concern uh, particulates, so that's PM2.5, PM10 particulates are let out into the air. So in one sense, you could say, well, OK, maybe this is actually a good thing in terms of, you know, supposedly, allegedly, we're told that there's a public health emergency. Although, to be fair, a lot of people say the air is cleaner in London than it has been for 100 years. But anyway, that's a different thing. I've been doing my own little test, which I can share with you uh, later, oh. which is I've been screen grabbing the uh, pollution levels in my area every day for the last around 10, 11 days. All right. Yep. And I think out of 11 days, only two have been moderate and everything else has been in green. And, ah. and so it's, it's been constantly green the whole way. And I do it at various different times of day. So I'm just doing a little exercise, you know. Yeah. But anyway, so they say that, you know, this is for our benefit of our health. Yeah. And you go, well, okay, how much benefit is it actually going to have? Considering the fact that you're going to create all this hardship for people, uh, you're going to put people in a situation where they may be forced to buy a car or change their car. Mm. Um, and the fact that you're going to spend... 250 million pounds to put in the infrastructure because mm-hmm. obviously when you expand ULIS you need to put in the cameras and the road signage and all the rest of it. Yep. That's 250 million pounds plus. It's a in lot. A, it's a lot. In addition to that uh, the, um, the the uh, the mayor's office or um, uh, the London office not the government for example the actual um, the, the London uh, what are they called the London Assembly they okay. are actually forking out for the Scrappage scheme. That's another £110 million pounds on top of that. And we'll come to the Scrappage Scheme yeah. because that's not actually available to everybody. Yeah. But that's a whole different Hardly story. Hardly worth the paper it's written on. <laughs> that's a whole different story. <laughs> yeah. So then when you go, well, okay, all of this has to happen. So that's a huge amount of time, effort, investment, energy, and hardship that mm. you're putting on people. Yeah. What's the actual benefit? Mm. And you look at the TFL, so this is Transport for London's own study, their own report into the impact of you can. It's on the internet. Yeah. Uh, if anybody would like, contact me. I can give them a link. It's on my YouTube video. Yep. I have a YouTube video about it. And in the description, I've put the link. It's publicly available. Mm-hmm. You can go and look at it. It's 200 pages. <coughs> you don't have to look at the entire 200 pages. And by right. God, don't print them, print, <laughs> as I initially started to do and realized, oh, no. <laughs> so, <much. laughs> so don't do that. You can just view it online. Yeah. And you don't have to go to the tables at the end. If you just look through the first, I think it's eight or 10 pages mm-hmm. where they summarize, you know, the benefits. And if you go through that they categorize each of the benefits that they're looking at so whether it's environmental whether it's socioeconomic, whether it's traffic whether whatever it is and then they give you they in another column they tell you what the what the benefit is and virtually in every single category or every single row it says benefit moderate negligible or negative Ah so if you look at the whole thing you know if you look at it all together yeah it's largely moderate to negative Yeah actually wow. negative I mean it's not even like in some places where you say okay moderate 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 no no. in some areas negative. It, it, they clearly recognize that it is going to have a negative impact on the communities in that area wow so when you look at TfL's own report and you go well your own report says mm. that there really isn't actually any benefit to doing this yeah how can you justify it mm. Yeah. So should we move on to the argument that uh, Sadiq Khan uh, makes then? Yes. So, yes. He, so he basically, if you ask him about this, he will say, well, I'm saving 4,000 lives a year. Uh, yes, yes. Okay. Yep. So I thought, okay, well, where are these 4,000 lives? Who are these yep. people that are tragically dying? And yep. of course it is tragic. I mean, any death is a, is a yes. tragedy. You know, we absolutely accept that. And if that is the case, then okay, we need to look at that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting, by the way, just a few statistics to throw at you. Mm-hmm. Um, 6,000 people a year get killed at accidents in the home. So let's just oh, put right. that in, okay. that, yep. that happens in the UK. So let's just put that into context. But right. okay, but 4000 is a, is a big number and that yes. that's that's pretty bad. So I looked at where does that come from? It comes from an Imperial College report. This is the report that he refers to. Mm-hmm. And in this report they basically they look at or they kind of extrapolate and see what the effect is of Toxic air pollution that has an effect on people's illnesses, respiratory illnesses, you know, uh, lung cancer, etc. Um, and they call and they say, basically, if we were to reduce our air pollution to this level, we can extend people's lives by five months, five to six months. Right. Okay. So what they then do is they look at, so they take like a, a, a sample, say from the year twenty thirteen, is what they've used, mm. and they said, if we take these people from twenty thirteen, you're basically adding those five months together. And working out that that equates to 4,000 lives. Ah, so right. it's not actually 4,000 lives. Yeah. It's basically 4,000 people that are going to get five months extra at the end of their life, which if you look at the average lifespan in the UK, which is 81 years, mm. you're talking about in 2093, yeah. <laughs> they're going to have an extra five months. months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, a, I mean, it's a big number. It's a scary number. Yeah. But it's... Largely, a, I would say, slightly a spurious number. Yeah. Because it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a number that's been extrapolated and estimated. Yes. And also, most recently, somebody put in a Freedom of Information uh, Re- Act request mm-hmm. to the Office of National Statistics, mm-hmm. um, asking them how many deaths are recorded due to uh, pollution from cars. Yeah. And they clearly said that, well, actually, we don't record deaths from pollution from cars. From road transport. That doesn't happen. Oh. But we do have one death registered in the UK, which is really sad. And yes. You know, our, our, our heart sad. goes out to the family of, of that person. Yeah. But we only have one death that is officially recorded as being directly from air pollution. Mm. And air pollution, of course, can be a number of factors, not just road transport. Of, yeah. But obviously, road transport has an impact. One death is what they registered from twenty, uh, from 2001 to yeah. 2021. Yeah. One death.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that was quite a well-known <coughs> case yes. as well. Like,
2: Indeed, yes, and uh, like I said, our heart goes out yeah, to the family. Definitely. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a tragic, tragic thing, but you have to put these things into context. Yeah, we're talking about one death in a city with a population of nine million
1: people.
0: Yeah, but um, we've had an email from Gillian Davis, and she does mention that further down, and she said, but there was other um,
2: like health issues yes. as well. Yeah, so it wasn't purely. Yeah. From well, I mean, this is the argument. It's like, mm. well, I think that Bromley is, is making this argument at the moment yeah. where they've said that, you know, the number of deaths are higher in Bromley because of air pollution. And they say, well, actually, we have a lot of people that have come from outside of Bromley mm. to live here. Yeah. We have a lot of people that have moved into care homes, yeah. you know, and they may have been, you know... Um, exposed mm. to toxic pollution in other parts of the country or yeah. for other reasons or for wh- from from their work from their jobs you know? yeah. for example say if you work on the london underground so one mm. of the recent studies i think it was king's college study found that so the pm 2.5 mm. <clears throat> pm 2.5 pm 10 particulates these are the ones that are dangerous to you. These are the yeah. ones that are actually dangerous to your health. And they found that in the London Underground, the levels of particulate uh, uh, levels is 15 times higher than wow. what it would be on London's busiest road, which is Oxford Street. Crikey. So, <laughs> you, you're better off driving. <laughs> you better Oh, Just my say, gosh. You know, I mean, you could argue, it's like, oh, well, OK, you know, you don't spend all day on the underground. Yeah. However, that's 15 times. So that's an intensity of a dose that you're getting yes. on the underground. Yeah. And the underground, of course, hasn't been cleaned up properly, I should imagine, for 100 years. Like, mm. yes, isn't it? You know, mm. who else knows what else is down there in terms of contamination, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Gosh, that's, that's quite scary. I mean, yeah. I only do it maybe... Well, even now I've I've stopped using the tube. Yeah. But it was just once a month. I now get the train then the bus when I yeah. go up London. Um,
2: well, I mean anybody who uses yeah. the, tr- the tube, tube or every the underground day. to commute, yeah. you know, you can. I mean, <laughs> I don't use the tube these days. I work from home mostly. Yeah but i use it whenever i go into london because you know i'm uh, you know as much as i am a car guy mm. i live in kingsbury in mm. 20 minutes on the on the jubilee line i'm into london why yeah. should i drive i never yeah. drive into london mm. i actually don't disagree with you listen congestion charging in central london i actually don't disagree with it because yeah. i think it makes sense you know i think yeah. it's good to clean up the air in central london mm. it's very congested but also the connectivity in central london is brilliant Yeah, i grew up in islington so mm. i know how you know you can be anywhere to anywhere within 20 minutes on a bus or a tube it's yeah. easy you know so why so, yeah, you don't need cars. That's fine. Yeah. But I used to commute when I, in my earlier days of working in London. And I remember, like, you know, you come home and, I, and, you know, forgive me if people don't like to hear the sound of this. But when you come home <laughs> and you blow your nose, <laughs> you know, you can see, right? Yeah. You, can, you can see the difference. It's you black, know? isn't it? Yeah, it is completely black, you know. Yeah. So, you, you know, just from that, you go, well, okay, well, that's, that's from the London Underground. Yeah. You know, and that can't be good for you, right?
0: No, no, no. Wow! <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just.
2: Uh, I mean, you, you. So you. I mean, I've just met you, and it's lovely to yeah. meet you. And you tell me that you you drive a bus. Yes. Um. Yes. And you yourself, uh, you are exposed to the fact of where you need to go and how that's going to affect people, how that's affect, going to affect children and, yep. and and parents bringing their kids to school. Yeah. For a lot of people, all of a sudden, it's something that you know maybe they had thought would would not happen so quickly. Mm. Uh, here's another thing then the estimated number of cars in the outer London area that are actually going to be impacted by this, is a small amount. Mm-hmm. It's uh, less than 200,000 vehicles, right? Right. London itself has a car population or a vehicle population, if you like, of 2.5 million. Right. So within the context of two and a half million, two hundred thousand 200,000 is a small number. Mm-hmm. But, of course, those 200,000 are belonging to people that generally maybe in, cannot afford a newer car. Yeah. That's why they have those cars. I mean, all of yeah. us would like to have a newer car, right? Oh, yeah. Apart from yeah. an idiot like me who drives a classic, <laughs> right? But most people would like to have a newer car. So, you know, so, so, so if they could, you would assume that they would have already bought a new car.
0: Well, yeah. yeah. But,
2: but they can't, they so can't. they have the classic car. And mm. again, I feel particularly, so for example, I have a neighbor, and uh, they bought their car, I think, just under two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they bought a Honda CRV, Family car. Mm. It's a small family. And they hardly use it. Most of the time it's parked in the car park. But yeah. for the school trip, for the shopping trip, maybe the weekend away or something, that's when they use it, right? Mm. They bought a diesel, mm. right? And because it's a pre-2015 diesel, yeah. it's not compliant. Mm. Perfectly good car, modern car, safe, reliable, practical, not used that much. But now all of a sudden he's to go, what am I going to do about this now? Mm.
0: Yeah. I don't, <coughs> I don't quite understand where if the car was before... A certain year. I would have thought that newer cars were better. Um,
2: in terms of emissions? Yeah. Well, I think that the, with the diesel, it's mm-hmm. 2015 onwards. So in terms yeah. of how that translates for Euro 6 diesel and Euro 4 petrol, yeah. for Euro 4 petrol, it's generally cars after 2005. Yeah. For Euro 6 diesel, mm-hmm. it's generally cars after, <coughs> excuse me, 2015. Right. The diesel thing is a little bit stricter, Mm -hmm. so generally it's very rare that you'll find cars before 2015 that will comply. Right. So basically, 2015 is pretty much the cutoff for that. Right, okay. With petrol yeah. cars, you do find earlier cars that do comply, actually.
0: Right, okay.
2: Some of them may be listed on the ULEZ Checker. And for ULEZ Checking, mm-hmm. I would urge people to go to the TFL website. Don't go to any other website. Right. Because I've heard people getting mixed results and incorrect results. Yes, I've read
0: a lot of that as yeah. well. To- yeah. Today it's okay, tomorrow it's not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've heard so of that. So just go
2: directly to the TFL.gov website. Right. There's a ULEZ Checker on there. Mm-hmm. And use that one. Right. Check so if you've got an older car than 2005 petrol. Yeah. Do that first to see if it's compliant. It might right. be. A lot of older German cars actually are. Oh, right. Yeah. So, and in some cases, they might be compliant but they might not be on the system. Right. So, I think you've heard about this as well. I have as well, yes. And basically, in that particular case, if you suspect that that might be the case, and this is where you're generally on a newer car, on a 2000s car, Mm -hmm. then you can talk to the manufacturer through the dealership, obviously, and they can issue you a certificate. Right. Which you will then have to basically re-register your car. You know, right. and to basically say that this is a ULIS-compliant car. Right. It's a long process. It's yeah. a tricky It's not the easiest thing in the world. I've got to be honest with you. Oh, right. Okay. And it could end up costing you money. So, for example, oh, I know that Mercedes <laughs> are charging £150 pounds for <gasps> that certificate. And the £150 uh, pounds is subject to the inquiry. So even if it's not ULIS-compliant, you still yeah. get charged £150. Pounds. So it's I, a little bit of a gamble there. Yes. So it's a bit of a gamble that you'll have to take. You know? Crikey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the news doesn't get any better. <laughs> it doesn't, does it? <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: <Yeah>.
0: Oh, <laughs> it's, it's it's a total minefield out there because yeah. yeah. these people they go on Facebook and say, "Oh, you can do this," you do, yeah. but then you don't. They don't
2: actually expand on I think that you know you know people are people I, I like to think that people are generally good, right? And yeah. people are trying to be helpful. Yes. And oh are trying, yeah, And yeah. people are trying to give you solutions and ideas. You know yes. and people have said that to me. It's like, oh you know you can get your car converted. I'm like I'm not mine is a classic car that's yeah. completely stock and original. I do not want to tamper with the car at all. No. You know, if I ultimately if I have to sell it, then I will have to sell it. Yeah. But I will sell it as an original classic, you see? Mm. But people say, Oh you could get it I mean you could ultimately you can a lot of older cars, pre eighties cars Mm -hmm. you can actually get them converted to electric do you want to do that and don't forget that's a cost of nearly 40 grand to do (gasps) that Wow. Yeah. But well, it does mean that you'll be able to drive it forever, I suppose, you know. Um, yeah, but would the bodywork work keep
0: scared for that long? Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a different
2: thing. Older cars tend to rust away, you know, so yeah. I have to keep an eye on my, mine as well. That's true. Especially we you've got, you know, older, you know, 80s cars, but 70s and 80s. But, uh, but the point is that there are solutions out there. And I know yeah. that people post on Facebook and they're trying to be helpful, mm. but you have to do your own research. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Definitely. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And and as much as you can. I mean, you know, people can contact experts such as myself. And, you know, we can try and help. But ultimately, you know, if there's specific things that you need to know, then you're better off checking with a mechanic, checking with a dealer, getting that certificate. Mm -hmm. And if there's ultimately a doubt. So, for example, if you're in a position right now, and I think, unfortunately, Autotrader have taken this off. Mm. But until recently, Autotrader, when you did a search for a car, there was a selection for ULES. Oh, right. So you could select cars, you could ask for it to only return cars that were ULS compliant. Mm. I haven't checked, but somebody said to me that they've taken that off now. I think maybe again because of all the confusion that's out there. Yeah. So that kind of, that's not helpful right now. Mm. But again, it puts the onus on the buyer or the owner to have to do their own research and to double check. But I would start, first of all, always by going onto the uh, TFL. Dot .gov checker and right. check there first.
0: Yeah, okay, so that's where to start. How do you keep all this information in your head?
2: <laughs> I, I don't know, really, because normally my brain is uh, doesn't have the capacity, quite honestly. <laughs> it's got a lot in there. <laughs> I normally have a terrible memory. I can't remember names or places or anything. Oh. Uh, no, uh, to be honest, I've, I've been doing a lot of content on ULIS recently. Yeah. Um, I did actually cover ULEZ a, a year ago when it was first mooted. Mm. And um, that video did really well. And then when it happened, I put up an announcement that it's happening and that, mm. that, that did extremely well. Yeah. And now it's kind of like people are expecting me to do <laughs> constant updates on Ules, which I'm happy to do because, yeah. like I said, it affects me as well personally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've been doing a lot of research in the area. I've been looking into a lot of the issues around you, Les, and uh, a lot of the repercussions and implications of you, Les. Mm. Um, but also I feel that it's my responsibility as a content creator and j- automotive journalist to mm. to help people in in this situation, which I know is causing a lot of hardship you know, for a lot of people. Uh, oh,
0: it is. Um, you know, sort of... My mum has carers. Mm. So if I ever need to go down there, I'd need to pay to go Mm. see her. And then sometimes I have to stop overnight. Then I'd have to pay to come back home again as well. And then obviously all her carers, um, they go from place to place. They'll all need to pay. That's right. Um, this
2: actually was highlighted, I think, by uh, whichever, uh, again, my my memory ain't that great, as you can now tell. <laughs> but the head of that department, actually, yeah. I think, recently did highlight that very fact that this was going to impact a lot of carers. Mm. And, you know, it's understandable a lot of carers will be driving <coughs> older diesel cars.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Because, A, you know they don't get paid that much nope. so that's what they can afford yeah. and b because diesel obviously would give them better mileage so they would mm. go for the diesel option but many of those cars would be th- pre 2015 diesel cars mm. and they suddenly find themselves in a situation where they're paying 12 pounds 50 a day which you know sadly yeah. it's it's a big chunk out of their salary very big yeah.
0: very big said so don't don't get paid exactly. best do they yeah.
2: So I think that you know, these kind of things it's it's with all of these things is that, you know, but the best intentions, these things are introduced. Mm. But the implications the far reaching implications or consequences on real people with yes. real world lives and real world jobs and real world situations yeah. is not always taken into consideration.
0: And I think this is what's getting people's backs up as yeah. much because he isn't listening. Yeah. Um he's just put it in. I mean there's been protests yeah. and but He's he's getting them cancelled. We don't know why.
2: Well, I went to a protest on uh, I think it was the twenty eighth of of uh, last month. Yeah. There's another one apparently happening. That was in Trafalgar Square. Yep. Talked to a lot of people there. That video is on my channel. Yep. Again, another Watched plug. It. <laughs> another
0: I loved the coffin. I love the coffin. <laughs> love the coffin. <laughs> yeah, the coffin was brilliant, wasn't
2: it? Yes. It was, so it was for those people who are wondering, what are we talking about? There was a <laughs> yeah. guy, there was a guy literally walking around with a coffin. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. Making a statement, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but there were a lot of people there with some real stories you know I spoke to a lot of people there with some genuine concerns Mm. real stories of hardship and how it was going to impact them I spoke to a lady I think she was, what was it, 86 or something? Mm. She was 86, uh, uh, and and she was still driving, which was wonderful, you know? Yeah. And she was like, I have an old car, I drive, you know, and, and I go around. It's like, you know, this is going to impact me. This has already impacted mm-hmm. my husband, because the carers are going to have uh, trouble coming to see him. And yeah. she wants to be mobile. She wants to be self-sufficient, mm. you know? She doesn't want to have to get rid of her old car, and suddenly now she's housebound, do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. a, it's like, why are, we, why are we robbing people of mm. independence, you know? When yeah. people have the ability to get around and do stuff, yeah. why don't we encourage... Encourage that, rather than going. Oh no, no, we're just going to take the car away from you now. Yeah, yeah. That's a little bit unfair, in my opinion. Mm. But oh, we spoke fairly, to a lot of people fairly. there. It was a good protest. There is officially. I believe a protest happening uh, this weekend on yep. Saturday in Bromley, Bromley Bromley Town Centre yeah midday midday in yep. the market square Yeah, opposite five guys apparently oh is so, it oh <laughs> right okay then so that's what I've heard um, I might or might not go I, I have to see yeah. uh, and then there's another one taking place in Trafalgar Square which I think is actually my memory is failing me now so it's either oh. 25th or 28th so right. it's one of those dates I think it's on okay. a Saturday yep, we'll but, it, a look. But, I've, but I've put it on my channel anyway yeah, so you can brilliant. check it out there okay. but um, and I think that there seems to be a, a groundswell of support for these things. I think a lot yeah. of people are coming out of the woodwork and I think that we might see quite a lot of people at these events.
0: Yes, yeah. Yeah. I think people are a bit worried when he keeps getting it cancelled, or whoever yeah. keeps cancelling. Yeah. Um so yeah. but yeah. Uh, and, and we I we need to just keep going. Well, I think there. that,
2: you know, right now we're in a situation where every day we are having uh, statements coming out from councils, such as Corden Council, nearby yeah. to where we are, and Bromley and Harrow, for yeah. example, who are basically saying that, no, we're not accepting this. Yeah, you
0: know? there's five, isn't there, at the moment? I think there's eight,
2: actually. Oh, has it gone up to I eight? I think there's as many as eight that have, uh, e- either oh, they wow. are going to eject or they've voiced an objection or, you know. Yeah. But basically the momentum is gathering. Yes. You've got some very high-profile MPs as well, yeah. uh, Gareth Bacon and Ian Duncan Smith, I think, you know. Oh, right, yeah. Our very high-profile MPs are also quite vociferous, you know. Oh, oh So, brilliant. a lot of these people, I think that, understandably, they, they are saying to the mayor that, you know, at the very least, you need to delay this. Mm, yeah. Because you haven't given people time to no, adapt to it. You no. Know.
0: And a proper consultation, and let's yeah. see what the consultation say. Oh, well, come
2: on, don't even go there. <laughs> don't even go there. I mean, that, oh, wow. Now you've, you've brought that up. Oh, oh. my God. Oh, you are opening a can of worms here. Well, should we pay a record? Let's let do Let you that. rest your voice, let's and then that. you can you can yeah. fight
0: back with your consultation <laughs> <laughs> about a bit of the Time Lords and doctoring the. Th- Doctor in the Tardis. Oh, yes, yeah. I like Doctor Who. <laughs> Tom <laughs> Baker was my
2: favourite. Ah, right,
0: yeah. yeah. I didn't watch it. When that music used to come on, yeah. I used to be behind the scenes. Oh, really? <laughs> I was one of those scaredy cats. And, Excellent. And a song that used to get me was the Osmonds, Crazy Horses. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my good. God, oh. did that come
2: on? Ooh. When it starts, when that revs up, it's <laughs> yeah, <yeah>. like, whoa. <laughs> Great
1: driving song. Yes. <laughs> Doctor Who, Doctor Who. Oh, god.
0: And that was, what was that? That was Time Lords and Doctor in the TARDIS.
2: I love Doctor Who. I've always been a big fan of Doctor yeah. Who. But Tom Baker's always been my favourite Doctor. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, but David Tennant, I thought, was very good. And he's coming back. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's oh, coming right. back for three episodes this year. I'm very excited by that.
0: Oh, right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I'm a big science fiction fan as well. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. I like um, oh, Star Trek. Yes. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, a lot of people I've, I may, who have seen my videos will have seen that. Um, in fact, I've got it on my coat. You can see it there. I've, got star- I've always I always oh, have a Star Trek badge yeah. with me well. so um, yeah normally on my jackets but I'm a huge Star Trek fan definitely oh uh, right, yeah. right. <laughs> I'm going to find a song for you later then
0: oh yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> Klingons on the starboard bow.
0: Yes, the one <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's a classic <laughs> Right. So before we went into that song, you were asking mm-hmm.
0: me <laughs> about, about the. Consul- I'm going to sit back
2: a bit. <laughs> about, <Off you> <laughs> about the consultation process, and now I don't know if any, if many people will know, but there was actually a public consultation that took place leading up to the decision to go ahead with it. Right. Yeah. And um, and I was vociferous on it. I definitely made my views known, and and I know a lot of people did as well. Now, what's happened is that it appears we've largely been ignored Mm. because that consultation process, if you factor in greater London area, so the central London area was separate and then the greater London area, up to 80% were adamant that they did not want ULIS. Wow. So, in fact, the public has spoken. Yeah. And did say, we don't want ULIS expansion. Yeah. But the mayor's office decided to go with it anyway, and there's been various things that have come out since then, which the conservative, um, the GLA conservatives, mm-hmm. they have, they, uh, they claim to have various documents and things that prove this, that yeah. the fact that um, they were, those results were manipulated, yeah, to an extent that some were
1: excluded. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, And then also uh, certain demographics were targeted so that the results would be skewed slightly. Mm -hmm. Um, But the reality was that at the minimum, 60% of people said they didn't want it, Mm -hmm. up to as high as 80% of people said they didn't want it. So if we live in a democracy, which the last time I checked, I thought we did. uh, I know that the prime ministers keep changing and we don't (laughs) seem to have a say in it. But anyway, (laughs) apparently we live in a democracy. Um, Then in that case, then, you know, the democratic system is failing us at the moment, it appears. Definitely. Uh, um, and people have have, have uh, maybe perhaps unkindly uh, compared uh, our beloved mayor to a dictator, <laughs> and uh, and my response to that has been is like, well, that's a little bit unkind on dictators because I don't know any, I, don't, I don't know of any dictators that don't allow you to drive your car. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. <laughs>
2: I hope I open haven't opened another category <laughs> Yeah,
0: I'll be sacked.
2: <laughs> yeah, <there> you go. <laughs> dear, dear. Well, you know, go down in the blaze of glory.
0: Right? Oh, certainly. <laughs> I've just come above you on your YouTube channel. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Keep hey, more, than Mary. more than merrier More than
1: merrier
2: But clearly, I mean, it's 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 having an impact on a lot of people, and I think it's yeah. I think that's a real tragedy of it that's being overlooked. And I think that when these stories start to emerge, I mean, I'm getting a lot of comments on my content that I'm putting across TikTok and Instagram, but particularly YouTube. Um, I have to say the content is varied on YouTube. Mm. Uh, Some of it is dismissive. Some of it, I have to say, is downright racist, you know, Mm. which to me is... Very, always very surprising because I'm like, you come on a channel that's called Brown Car Guy <laughs> yeah. and then you're being racist. It's yeah. like, well, you know, I mean, and let's be clear. I mean, this has got nothing to do with race or religion. This, no, is, this is purely a political thing, right? Yeah. Just and to then, it for You know, exactly. You know, <laughs> I mean, we can go into a whole other uh, and maybe we will in a bit. But just to finish that thought, mm-hmm. I also get a lot of people... Talking about the genuine hardship and and mm-hmm. problems that this is going to crave for them, and the yeah. heart, my heart goes out to them. You know, mm-hmm. it really does. You know, and then you have to look at again in my particular case where people are like, "Oh, you drive a classic car, you can afford to do this." Well, yeah, think about it. We pay a lot to own a classic car. We pay a lot to insure, drive it. We, I maintain mine to the highest possible standard. I end up mm-hmm. spending a lot of money on that car. You know, and, and also I, I'm already paying road tax on it. I'm, I just got an MOT done on it. I am paying through the nose already for the privilege of owning that car. Yeah. And then to then people think, oh well you can pay another twelve well it's like, well hang on. I'm paying a lot just for the privilege of owning this car. Yeah. Now I have to pay another twelve pound fifty to drive it drive as well. It, yeah. You know, I think it's you know, you have to think, well, how is that how, uh, how is that good? Yeah. But then you also go I mean I went to a classic car event on Sunday, this last weekend, Mm -hmm. that was in the London area. It was in uh, Feltham, near the airport. Oh, right, yeah. And it was a brilliant turnout. And most of the cars, there were modern classics, which basically are not Eulers compliant. Mm -hmm. And you think that suddenly you look at events like that. There's a brilliant event that happens here in Bromley.
1: Mm.
2: I've been to that last year. Beautiful. It's called the Bromley Pageant. It's happening again this year. I think they have well over a couple of thousand beautiful classics turn up to that thing. I mean, they could be affected by as much as 25 to 30% of the cars that turn up to those events would be affected. Suddenly an event like that is in danger of not existing anymore. Mm. Imagine the loss yeah. that that's having to our, our communities, our cultures, our yeah. economies, by losing not only events like that, but many of the businesses that support those events. Mm. We have classic car businesses in the twenty five uh, M25 area that yeah. support the classic car community. Mm. You, what are they going to do? Uh, I went to see a, a company. I have a BMW E30, which is a nineteen eighties three series. And um, I found a company in uh, Barking, mm-hmm. It was recommended to me, um, and they're called Just E30s. So, plug for them as well, if you like. Uh, so, basically, there you go. So, so, basically, they only work on this model of car. Oh, right, yep. So, they're specialists, you yeah. know, and this is the only thing that they do. But they're based within that M25 area. Oh. So, all of a sudden, it's like, well, how is it going to impact them and mm. their business, you know? Yeah. So, uh, there's a lot of these things that mm. just… Uh, and then you speak to a lot of traders. You speak to a lot of uh, plumbers and and people yeah. like that, electricians, and they're suddenly like, all of a sudden, like, well, I can't go to certain clients now, mm. you know, because I can't add that to their bill. Yeah, do you know what I mean it's, it's already too much for them, and yeah. then now I'm adding an additional bill to them. Yeah, it's completely unfair.
0: Yeah. So, especially if it's over a few days as well, you know. Imagine
2: a weeks worth of yeah. work. Yeah. yeah. Imagine yeah. you're charging twelve pound fifty every day. Yeah. Just to drive your van there.
1: Yeah.
2: It, yeah. There's so many aspects of this. Mm. that is so far-reaching. And then we can move um, to this, uh, the scrappage scheme. Oh, yeah. And 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 personally, I hate scrappage schemes. Mm. Because the scrappage scheme is, so the last scrappage scheme, for example, and again, I have a video on my channel, which you can check out. Yeah. But I looked at the cars that we lost. We lost a lot of amazing, older, classic cars, many yeah. British cars as well. And uh, all of a sudden you think, like, because what happens is that, Somebody comes around and says, "I'll give you two thousand pounds for this car." Mm. It may be a project car, maybe a car that's been sitting on the drive. They're like, two grand, let me just get rid of it." Yeah, and then and that car's gone. You know, to the great crusher in the in the sky. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, well, that car is now lost.
1: Mm.
2: I, I used to when I, I I moved abroad for between 2006 20, and twenty nineteen. Before when I used to live here, I used to do this thing. Uh, there's a friend of mine, another motoring journalist. Um, he created he coined the term banganomics. All right. which is brilliant because the concept of Bangonomics was that you buy cars for only a few hundred pounds mm. and then you can basically run them into the ground because they cost you nothing. All right, so yeah. I used to do that a lot before. I used to buy cars off eBay and just run them. Usually I used to sell them back on eBay again. You could buy a, a really nice, decent car for 300, 400 pounds, something like that, 500 yeah. pounds max, a really, really good car. When I came back from, uh, from living abroad and I tried, I thought, let me do that again. Mm. I couldn't find those cars anymore. The, car, uh, the, yeah. the good cars of that era were now way more expensive because mm. there were fewer of them and they were now appreciating classics. Yeah. Or the others had all been killed off. Mm. So you can't find cars for no. that sort of money that are good. Yeah. Because scrapper schemes have basically destroyed those cars. Yeah. Now, the, the scrapper scheme is kind of, it goes full circle mm. because if you say that to somebody that I'll give you two grand for your car and the guy goes, okay, I'll scrap my car. The guy, the girl, whoever, scrap my car, I got two grand. Now, what do I do with the two grand? Mm. Can I get a ULIS compliant car for two Mm, grand? No. I mean technically you can. You can. It is Uh, possible. You can. You can. Yeah, there are like I said, many early early petrol cars. You know, if you search carefully, you can. But right now, imagine the demand for those cars. Mm. Imagine trying to find them. Do you you see what I'm saying? So there's a van company, it was on the news a few weeks ago in London Mm. and they said that basically we've run out of stock. Because we have ULITS compliant vans, we yeah. do use, use vans, but we don't have the stock now.
1: Mm.
2: And anything that we do find, the, the markup is going to be higher because supply mm. and demand, right? We, yep. we just can't find them. So, all of a sudden, you've you really altered the, the, dy- the dynamics of the uh, UK motor trade at the moment. It's already very skewed because of the pandemic. Mm, so, since oh. the pandemic, prices of new and used cars have rocketed. Yeah. I, I'll give you an example. The average price of a used car, a mm-hmm. typical used car, average price, yeah. pre-pandemic was 13 and a half grand. Yeah. Right? Now, it's 18,000 pounds. Yeah. It's massive. It's yes. a massive jump. Yeah. New car prices also have consistently gone up and up and up. Mm. And so if you look at it in that context, what is your two grand going to buy you? Mm. You go back to that family, that neighbor I was talking about. He's got the Honda CRV, Lovely car. Nice, big, well, not, not big, but reasonable sized family SUV, right? Yeah. You give him two grand, he's not going to get a car that's suitable for his family needs. No. No. It's just not. He's not going to find a car that's equivalent to that one, not mm. for two grand. And in any case, he's not going to get the two grand because this is the other thing. Mm. The scrappy scheme is not available to everybody. No, I know. I read that. Yeah. I was disgusted. Yeah. So this, uh, this notion that, oh, well, it's okay, I'll just get my car. No, yeah. because you either have to be on benefits or disability allowance yeah. or etc. You have to, basically, the certain conditions that you have to yeah. meet before you get that. Some yeah. businesses and stuff will also get it, but again, it's, there's parameters. Yeah. So if you're a business of 11 people, for example, if, you get, if you're a business of 10 people, you can get a grant out I think up to five grand or up to nine grand for electric car. I might be wrong, but mm-hmm. it's around those numbers. So you can get it if your business of up to 10 people. You employ up to 10 people. What if you mm-hmm. employ 11 people? Do you have to sack somebody? <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, <gosh. laughs> That's a bit harsh, isn't it? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but wow. you're on borderline, right? So... <laughs> I know, I know. It's, it's Sorry, I wasn't in It's, it's, new it's so sad. It, it's so sad. It's laughable, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Yeah. it it's yeah. yeah, It's so tragic that you've got to laugh. Yeah. And... You shouldn't have to make decisions like that. Yeah. You know, if if you're doing doing something, you're keeping people in employment, you know, it then shouldn't be, you know, what do I do?
2: Yeah, you're yeah. being forced into these decisions. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah, And you have no choice in, in the matter. Mm. For a lot of businesses, their vans or their, their commercial vehicles are their business. They are their business. Yeah, yeah. What if the What if the van is converted? Okay, there's an allowance for that for a lot of disabled people or people with special needs. Mm. Um, again, they have vans and uh, cars, uh, things that are fitted or adapted for their needs. Mm. Again, they they should go online immediately and check yeah. because there are they could be Eulus exempt or there is also I think an allowance up to 2027 20, mm-hmm. uh, for some of these cars. So don't panic. If you mm. have a car that is, you know, for uh, a disabled or a special needs person, yeah. uh, do check, do double check it, check it online. Uh, if there is an issue, appeal. Don't just immediately assume that your car is not allowed. I mm. think there's an exemption up to 2027 20, for some of these. If you, win t- if you want to choose, you, I think you get a bigger grant because if it's converted uh, van or vehicle that you're uh, changing, I think mm. the, the, the scrappy scheme grant that you get is bigger. Oh, really? uh, and in fact, if you convert to an electric, then you will get, I think, even more. So you have yeah. to just double check these things.
0: But even then, everyone going to electric, you know, if we all went electric, where yeah. would we all plug in?
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: More cans of worms <laughs> thrown open now. Yes. Whoa, we're going for it. Uh, well, let me start by saying one thing. Yeah, I, I am not anti EV. I know a lot of my fellow petrol heads and 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 people that I, my communities that I mix in. They're like vehemently against electric cars. Yeah. I'm not one of those. No, I'm I'm not either. No, because but I,
0: I just wonder where we're all going to plug yeah, it's in. It's The price of
2: electric. It's practicalities. Now. You're, yeah. you're being practical about it. Yeah. The way I see it, as an electric car is just another offering. We mm. have petrol. We have diesel. We have yeah. hybrid. Now we have electric. Yeah, Basically, it's good. We have more choice. Yeah. It's as simple as that. And for some people, electric cars actually make a lot of sense. Mm. I, I always say to people, I say, look, and I've been reviewing a lot of electric cars in the last couple of years, and what I've figured out is that the perfect scenario for electric car ownership mm-hmm. is that if you have... Uh, somewhere where you can charge at home. So ideally, if you have a home with a driveway and you can get a charger installed at home, which will then take advantage of off-peak hours, Uh which will be cheaper, Then, and your mileage isn't that much. Your Mm -hmm. Because the average daily commute for most people is less than 20 miles, Mm. right? So most people actually don't drive that much. And most electric cars will have a range of 100 to 150 miles anyway. Mm. And in the cities, you will find, this is something that I was very surprised to find, electric cars, when I've driven them, Previously, When I've tested them, when I test cars, I'll generally go out of town, find some nice roads and drive them. Yeah. You deplete the charge very, very quickly when you do that, you know, because you're okay. driving them hard. You use up the energy very quickly. Right. So one day I had a Mini E, uh, an electric version of a Mini, and we yeah. wanted to, we live in, uh, like I said, in uh, Kingsbury in northwest London. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to go over to, um, uh, what's the, the big shopping center over in Stratford? Um, Uh, Westfield 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 Westfield. So we wanted to go there and I Mm -hmm. thought oh okay this is going to be interesting I wonder if I'll have enough juice to get back So we set off from home and we got there and when we got there we parked and I looked at it and I'd hardly used any electricity and I was like what's going on here this is incredible but on the way back I depleted the charge pretty quickly Now the differences in those two journeys was that on the way there Mm -hmm. I was in traffic the whole time Oh, so electric cars actually perform excellently in traffic, which is kind of an irony. But they, act, the more traffic you have, the better they are. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> yeah, because all of that stop, go, stop, go is actually yeah. recharging the batteries as you're driving. So you find that actually you're recouping energy. You're hardly using any of the, ener- any of the energy. So if your yeah. commute basically involves traffic day in, day out, yeah. an electric car is actually not a bad idea. Hmm. It actually works really well for you.
0: Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't do it for me. I hate traffic.
2: Well, there you go. <laughs> exactly. So if you're trying to zip around avoiding traffic, yeah. then maybe not not so much. Yeah. But but still in an urban environment, mm-hmm. I think they're quite good. It's on yeah. the longer journeys that you have to worry. And okay. one of the things that as you've rightly pointed out, um, we have had I think a year of consistent growth in electric car sales in mm. the UK. Mm-hmm. That growth has suddenly slowed down. Yeah. And it slowed down for two reasons. One reason is as you rightly pointed out, energy prices. Mm. And what we have now found and this is from an RAC report that Previously, and I've stood up in in exhibitions and conference centers and told people the benefits of driving EVs, and I've said, it's cheaper. It's Mm. always cheaper. It's always going to be cheaper.
1: Mm. Ah, (laughs) okay.
2: I have to put a little footnote now on there because now it turns out, so typically used to say that driving an EV, typically on average, would be seven pence per mile. Driving an equivalent petrol car on average, typically would be 15 pence per mile. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, now with electricity prices as they are, Mm. we're talking about parity between the two. And in some cases actually more for the electric wow. car and this but however I must uh, must underscore and say that that is when you charge at public charges right public charges are more expensive yeah this is why I said at the beginning if you can charge a home yeah. you're already in a better way immediately right. you are saving money if you can charge a home yeah however if you're doing a longer journey then you've got no choice but to use public charges. So now we're talking about public charges. Here's the second reason why car sales have slowed down or EV sales have slowed down. Mm -hmm. The rate of new public charges is not keeping up with the pace of the sales of EVs. We Mm. don't have enough public charges. And this is becoming a big issue now. We're we're supposed to have many, many more than we currently have.
0: Mm. Wasn't there a story over (coughs) Christmas about, um, was it Telsa, is it the cars? They was queuing up. To charge. So yeah,
2: so this is the issue. Tesla, you're talking Tesla, about, yeah, that's it. So Teslas are, are often regarded by people as amongst the pioneers of uh, EVs. They're very popular. Yeah, um, I'm not a huge fan myself, but I mean, there's a, lot of, a lot of loyal, loyal people when it comes to Teslas, and they and they are, and they they I have to say that they are responsible for making electric cars sexy, glamorous, exciting. The showroom appeal of those cars is amazing, right. and I think that Tesla is to be credited for what they've done in, in making those and popularizing the electric car. Mm. Um, but I, I always said that as soon as the regular manufacturers started to get serious about electric cars tesla would suffer because manufacturers know how to make cars yeah. and sure enough now literally every manufacturer has some electric offering in their range most of them do i would say 90% of them, them do so you would check those out for us and yes we did have some <clears throat> excuse me we did have some issues with tesla where and Teslas always, obviously have their own charging network, mm. which apparently now has been opened up to other cars. But previously, it was only available to Tesla. Um, but yes, you do get overcrowding because a lot of Teslas have been sold. The Model 3 is one of the best-selling electric vehicles in Europe as mm-hmm. a Tesla Model 3. Um, and suddenly, if you have all of those turning up at a charger, then yeah, you're going to have long, long queues there.
1: Mm-hmm. And don't
2: forget that you're talking about plugging a car in and then waiting at least half an hour yeah. to get it up to 80%. And when I say 80%, people are saying, why not 100%? Because, in fact, the best way to use an electric vehicle is only charge it to 80%. It's something that I didn't realize oh. until I started using them myself as well. So, oh, really? because it's, 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 it's the w- way that the battery charges, mm. it charges very quickly to 80%. Mm. But that last 20%, it takes a long time. Mm. And by, by, in addition to taking a long time, it's putting a greater strain on the battery. So, it's actually wearing the battery out quicker. So the batteries will last 20 years, but yeah. you may reduce that to, say, 19 years if you continue yeah. to do that. If you charge at home, it's a different story because the charger will automatically adjust it. Mm. Um, but in most cases, you only want to charge to 80 percent, not necessarily 100 percent. And that 100 percent will take you another half an hour. So that last 20 percent. So yeah. it's, it's, it's just Get not worth at, doing it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so just charge. Okay. So you've got to charge to 80 percent. Normally it takes about half an hour on most electric cars. But if you're queuing up And then you're charging. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a good chunk out of your day. Yes.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, So if you had all the money in the world and it was absolutely no, no problem for you, what would be your absolute dream car?
2: Ah, this is a whole different story <laughs> I, I, I would have to say I'm sticking with the classics um, uh-huh. and uh, because I've ever since I was young and I first saw uh, the Roger Moore era James Bond oh, right. and the spy who loved me uh, driving this incredible futuristic white sports car and then diving into the water turning to his beautiful companion and saying can you swim before he <laughs> launches, launches this thing off a pier I was absolutely smitten by that thing it looked like a, I was also like I said I've also signed fiction fan it yeah. just looked like a UFO to me yeah. so it's a Lotus Esprit I've always been in love with it I'm still in love with it and it's one of those bucket list things for me <laughs> right. that you know it's like it's one day I will have one it's, it's, it's,
1: it's, it's one of
2: those things yeah. so yeah that's the, that's the ultimate ultimate yeah. but in terms of uh, modern cars I've, you know we world for choice right now and yeah. then again, just going back to just withdrawing from you, Les, and looking at wider picture. Yeah. I think cars now are better than they've ever been. They're safer. They're more reliable. They're better built. They've got more technology on them. They mm. keep you safe. They look. I mean, I drove a car recently from China. Wow. What is it called? An, it's, it's actually, believe, this, believe this or not, it's actually called Aura Funky Cat. That's the name of the car. I love the, or, it. You won't forget that now. <laughs> no. Aura funky cat. That's the name. It's an EV. Believe it or not, you get in this car, it talks to you, right? And it's your friend. You know? And there's no, a camera. It's I a, need
0: one of these. You need one of these. Need you
2: need this. one of these in your life. You yeah. need an aura funky cat in your life, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's got a camera on the uh, on the on the on the A pillar that's looking at you the whole time. This camera is monitoring you. Wow. So not only is it looking at if you're tired or if you're it's looking at if you're not if you don't pay attention to the road, yeah. it will tell you.
0: Oh <laughs> Oh, my God. And does it make small talk as well? Hello. Apparently. How's yeah. your
2: day? Well, well apparently. Well, I, did, I didn't have the car long enough to try all of these systems. <laughs> but what they told me was that what they're aiming for, because it has a lot of buttons and you know everything. They're yeah. aiming to evolve it to a point where the driver will never have to use any buttons. You can literally just tell the car what you want it to do, and it will do it. Wow. Short of driving itself. Yeah. yeah.
0: Crikey. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that, that'll do for me. I, need, uh, I really need a friend. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> can, can we sneak one into the country again? Well, it, it, it's quite
2: interesting that BMW recently uh, showcased a concept car. I think it was called the BMW D. Mm-hmm. Uh, D is D double E. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, and, and the idea of that car, it was a small saloon, and it's got this um, changing bodywork paint thing. So it, it has graphics, and it can change color, and it can do all of these things. Oh. It's obviously an EV, but again, they had the same concept of the car being your friend. Yeah. And it's quite interesting, because in the promotional video that they did, they suddenly had the appearance of, if people remember, a Knight Rider kit, oh, the black trans-am, yes. the black talking trans Am. Yeah. So they had, they had David Hasselhoff and, as Michael Knight. And <laughs> suddenly in this, and I was like, why? in a BMW video, video have you got a Pontiac <laughs> Trans Am? What's this about? And I see what they were doing because the Pontiac Trans Am was always or the, the Night Rider or Kit as we knew it yeah. was always billed as the car of the future mm. and I guess they were trying to equate the fact that this is the modern version of that yeah. and the car is your friend basically mm. so you know we are heading into an, uh, into an area where we will have artificial intelligence in our cars that will be our, our friend.
0: Yeah, <laughs> oh wow Brilliant. Can't wait. <laughs>
2: yeah, can't wait for the sarcastic comments. <laughs> yeah. are, you sh- are you sure you're wearing that to work today, Suzette? <laughs> yeah. Are you sure you had enough coffee today, Suzette? <laughs> ah, so that's what we ate last night, is it?
0: <laughs> Brilliant.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if you're picking up a client. That's a bit
1: embarrassing. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Too much information. Yeah.
0: You know what he did last night? (laughs) I wouldn't sit anywhere near
1: him.
2: (laughs) Backseat is preferable. (laughs) Oh, my God. But, yeah, it's a crazy time we live in. But, yeah, I mean, technology is amazing.
0: Yes. I used to have a uh, Nissan Skyline. Four door. It was only two in the country.
2: Skylines are legends. I mean, well yeah. done oh, having a Nissan Skyline. Oh, I. Um, so, you're you're a bonafide fide car girl. You got a Nissan Skyline. Yeah, know, but you're the right. Fast and Furious crowd right there.
0: <laughs> oh, I know, I know. It was <laughs> six. Was it a uh, six cylinder? Wow. And it was right hand drive because yeah. it was made Japanese in, import. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. JDM. Oh, I loved that. It was white. Yeah. Right. My husband actually, um, he was doing cars then, and he someone said oh can you pick this car up take it away and it was like green yeah. white but green and he cleaned it all up and it just went and oh it's. Was- Best thing, I love that car, but then it got stuck in reverse. And oh no! Yeah, oh, no.
2: that's yeah. It's, it's, it's always tragic when that happens. Yeah, I you
0: know, know. Mm. I know. But I loved this car. Mm.
2: <laughs> I was most upset. Oh no!
0: <laughs> but yeah, so there was only two in the country because all the rest are two door. Yeah. This was the only four door.
2: Yeah, I know those are extremely rare. Mm. Yeah, they are ex- actually extremely rare yeah. and highly collectible right now. So I wish you'd kept it. Yes, so it's yes. probably worth quite a bit of money now. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Oh, obviously would just put a new engine in it mm. for me, but he wouldn't. No, it's not worth. That. Send you about a hundred pounds worth of car.
2: Not anymore. Yeah. not anymore not anymore not <laughs> anymore <laughs> a big scrap in the sky oh no mm. and that's the tragedy of these things is that especially when you get the scrappage schemes and stuff there's so many amazing cars yeah. and I think the one thing that we fail to realise is that you know the cars that we live with the cars that we grow up with mm. they become part of our, our, the fabric of our history right yeah. they're, they're part of, You know, when you, see, when you see a car today that you remember as a child mm. even if it was a rubbish car back then yeah. you suddenly get all nostalgic and you go whoa cool <laughs> look at that You know, it's it's one that you see, you know, you see one of these, um, an old Austin or something, an old Austin Allegro. Yeah. And and back in the day, they weren't great cars. But now you see one today, you'd be like, wow, you take that out. You know what I mean? And so, you know, the rarity value and the collectibility of these cars is is Mm. immense. But also, just I just think that, you know, they provide joy. You know, one of the things we haven't touched on, for example, is again, and and the funny thing is, this actually happened in the video that I was filming so sometimes I put a GoPro in the car and I film to the camera as I'm driving along All right, yep. and I was making this video announcing the fact that ULEZ was about to expand and as I was doing this and this does happen often but it happened during this video somebody pulled alongside me and it was like whoa mate great car great car you started having a chat with me whilst I'm filming this video <laughs> and I've actually left it in on the video Oh nice! but the point was that I was trying to make through that was that these cars mm-hmm. okay my classic provides me with joy but it provides other people with joy as well because yeah. people like to see these things, yeah, yeah. you know, it's something interesting to see, yeah. it, they get nostalgic, they start to reminisce, mm. you know, they, and they just think, wow, cool, it's great to see one of these around, you know? yeah. and sadly that might not happen soon.
0: Mm. Well, my first car was a Datsun 100i. All right. Uh, you don't see any of those. No, exactly,
2: exactly. And you, and you look at these old Datsun 100s or 120Ys or all of yeah. these old, the, the old bluebirds and stuff, and you think in some parts of the world, I mean, they're still running around. They're still mm. really highly sought after. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's just that we've got rid of them all. That's yeah. the trouble, you know, yeah. which is a bit of a shame, really.
0: Yeah. Is, mm. is. and the old Skoda I had one of the, very, the original ones with yeah. the uh, engine in the engine back in the, yeah. 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 yeah that
2: was a brilliant they were great rally cars oh
0: yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't rally in it <laughs> <no. But laughs> on his mother th- <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly yeah but the thing is like when you think that oh well engine in the back that can't be right yeah but don't forget that the 911 always had the engine in the back as well so yeah. you could say if oh, I'm driving a poor man's 911 the Skoda is like a 911 there you yeah, go so. yeah.
0: <laughs> there must have been I was looking out of my House the other week, it was on the school because We got school there, and someone's parked up. So I'm guessing they just picked their kid up, and um, I was watching her putting stuff in the like in the front mm-hmm. under the bonnet. So I'm guessing that that had the engine in Which the back. Car was it? I don't know. Okay. It was like it was black, but it was shiny and yeah. looked new. And but don't
2: <laughs> don't forget that many uh, electric vehicles also mm. have what is now being popularly known as the frunk. Which is the front trunk, it's a term that's come to America. Um because they don't have an engine.
1: Oh, yeah. So if you
2: think about an electric car, if you take an existing petrol or diesel car and then you convert it to electric, the motors are sitting at the axles. Yeah. And the batteries are sitting in the floor. So all of a sudden you've got that space which you had where the engine was, that space is now free. So what oh. some manufacturers are doing is converting that into a front boot, if you like, so yeah. frunk, as it's becoming yeah. popularly known. Yeah.
0: Oh wow, well, that must have been what it was then. Yeah, it, it could well be. Yeah. yeah. So because it was just so new, and I thought, no, it's definitely not Skoda. Yeah. No, <laughs> I remember
2: them. No, no. And there aren't there aren't many rear engine cars. I mean, there's some yeah. mid engine cars, but they normally yeah. tend to be sports cars. But oh, right. um, but yeah, it, it may well be that. Maybe. Mm. Uh, oh right, car, okay. Yeah. So
0: you learn something new every day. So glad you <laughs> came. That's put my mind at rest now. <laughs> While she was putting her shopping on her end Engine. yeah exactly
2: well you know there, there, there are a few viral videos I'm sure you'll find them on, online but there are videos of people pulling up to petrol stations in a Tesla or an electric car and trying to find out where to put the petrol there until somebody goes up to them and say, you know this is an electric car
0: <laughs> oh, I love it <laughs>
2: I mean, you can sympathize, you know, because, I mean, you know, it's easy to laugh at those people, but you can, say if they say if they turned up at an airport and they rented a car and they said, here's the car, and then they just drove, without knowing, they drove off in it, and they go, oh, look, the needle's gone down. I don't know what the needle is, but it's gone down, so I better put some <laughs> petrol in it.
0: Oh, dear. <laughs> What <laughs> right. happens. happens I'm going to compose myself I'm going to play, play a record I'm going to play this Star Trek in By The Firm oh awesome <laughs> it's, it's I love that done. song let's do it
1: I'm oh God, God.
0: So how many stations would you go to and get that played for you? It's been a while since I've heard that, <laughs> yeah. actually,
2: you know, but I absolutely love that. I love the animation that was on the oh, video for Oh, yes. It was so yes. funny, wasn't it? Yeah. Was it Potato Head and all this yes. sort of stuff? <laughs> <But> that's brilliant. <laughs> absolutely brilliant. brilliant yeah. yeah. No, I, I've, I've always been a huge, huge Star Trek fan. Yeah. You know? And I know that we're, we, we're, we're diverging from the topic at hand at the <laughs> but Star Trek is, is, is experiencing something of a renaissance, you know, because now there's like, there's so much new Star Trek coming out right yeah. now. Yeah it's all great all of it it's just yeah. fantastic you know That's yeah. ca- I can't get enough of it I'm just lapping up all of it <laughs> people are like what's your favourite I'm like all of it <laughs> I love it <laughs> Picard was good so Picard I quite is good oh, and there's a new one coming out oh right yeah yeah there's a new one coming out literally I think within a week's time the oh. third and final series of Picard is coming out. Oh, right. and really? And essentially, pretty much the entire Next Generation crew is going to be in it. Oh. So they're all getting back together again. So we're going to see Worf, we're going to see Geordie, yeah. you know, we're going to see Dr. Crusher. Everybody's yeah. going to be in it. So I was like, whoa, I cannot wait. This is going wow. to be epic. Wesley Crusher, is he going to be it? No, nobody cares about him. <laughs> Oh, no,
0: were you, a, were you a Wesley Crusher fan? No, no, no. <laughs> Just saying he was in the big bang. I know, he
1: is,
2: he is in the big bang, yeah. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, he does a, he's, He actually still is very actively involved in the Star Trek universe because yeah. he does a lot of these shows. What's it called? In the Ready Room. He does a show called In the Ready Room where oh, he right. does all the behind-the-scenes interviews with all the people working on the series, the drag from oh, you know, right. the director to the actors to everything. Yeah. So he's still very, very much hands-on. Mm. Um, um, so, yeah, he's very much there. So I wouldn't be surprised if he did put an appearance oh, yeah. right. Right, okay. He did He did appear in the second series of Picard, I think. He did He did have an appearance in oh, that. Oh, right. Yeah, I, yeah. I've
0: watched the first series. So I've, yeah. I need to catch up on that. Second um,
2: series was good. Yeah. yeah I think I second I think up. second series was actually even better yeah. than the first one. And the third one promises to be an absolute blast. Yeah.
0: Oh, right. I need to get caught up then before yeah. it yeah. comes on. Yeah. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's a bit of a binge for me then. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Well, there's so
2: much to binge. Like Strange New Worlds is the new, new one, which I've oh, right. I haven't seen that. I'm absolutely hooked on that. Oh, right. so What's that, that about? So that follows the adventures of of
1: um
2: Captain Pike. Um okay. before Captain Kirk. Um there was there was oh. there was an Enterprise and there was Captain Pike and there was um Spock was on it and, and oh, so, Spock, so this yeah. is basically the, the the adventures leading up to Kirk taking over the ship.
0: Ah, and what's that? Strange...
2: Strange New Worlds. Strange
0: New Worlds. Yeah. So
2: ah, it's part of the monologue okay. that they have at the beginning of Star Trek to explore Strange New Worlds. Yes. So they've just taken that as the title for that one.
1: Oh, so right. it's quite
2: funny. and the, the great thing about it is that obviously, you know, it's not filmed like the original. It's filmed beautifully. I mean, yeah. it just looks incredible. But yeah. what they've had to do is they have, they've had to keep some of the aesthetics of the original series. Oh, right. So it's a curious mix of future but 60s kind of <laughs> retro aesthetics in it. Those, uh,
0: was it... Tr- Triffles, was they it?
2: Got the, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The trouble with triples yeah, the yeah, triples They got. Yeah. I think they have the triples in it. <laughs> they used uh, to make but, me
0: die when but, I saw that. But, but you think
2: back to when they created the phasers and yeah. the tricorder, and the tricorder was like a little leather thing, leather pouch that they. So they actually have that again, even though that doesn't really make any sense in, <laughs> in the modern context. <laughs> but they have it because that's what they had in the original series yeah. so I, I, just, I think that's wonderful but, but it, to me like Star Trek too, I, I've always loved the philosophy of Star Trek I've loved the concept of Star Trek yeah. the idea, because unlike a lot of science fiction uh, inherently imagines a post-apocalyptic future doesn't it it mm. imagines a future gone wrong yeah. and which is what we love to do you know we go. Yeah. this is how bad it could get this is what could happen and Star Trek has always been the opposite Star Trek has always tried to imagine a future gone right yeah. so it's gone like this is how humanity has evolved this is how we learn to work together, to live together, to recognize our differences, but, yeah. you know, to, to be better, you know. Yeah. And this is how we've gone out into space. And this is how we've got rid of greed because we've got rid of money, you know. Yeah. And, and I've always loved the, the, that philosophy of Star Trek, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. like, good.
2: Yeah. And especially yeah. for me, like, being the brown car guy, I'm like, <laughs>
1: you
2: know? no, I think, I, think um, it's, I think it's great, yeah. But they don't have any cars in Star Trek. That's the only problem.
1: They've
2: got transporters.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. don't need a car. <laughs> Oh, well, that, that would um, shut him up, wouldn't it? Come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, what just, would he do for money then? Let's, let's just transport him into the
1: future, see how <laughs> yes, he gets on there. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
2: Mayor of London in the 23rd century, see how you get your u charges charges. Right? <laughs> People just beaming around all over the place. £12.50 so. <gasps> to beam yourself.
0: Yeah.
2: <gasps> from one place to another. Yeah. Actually, find a way. actually find you know to what? I pay that. That's why I <laughs> do oh dear yeah. no that would be quite cool but yeah, yeah it is it, it is interesting I think that you know it's nice to try and imagine a good future or, or, yeah. or a hopeful and bright future for humanity despite the circumstances that we currently find ourselves in <laughs> unless there was a fly in the transporter when you transport oh yeah now you're, then, now you're talking Jeff Goldblum
0: yeah right? <laughs> 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 then you'd be in trouble <laughs> that's a classic film that is mm. absolutely
2: brilliant the, yeah the fly yeah, yeah
0: fly and then fly too
2: yeah <laughs> Uh, transporter accidents again are, 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 are a reoccurring troop in uh, in Star Trek uh, f- fiction, aren't they? Every now yeah. and then you have something to do with. Oh no, there's been a transporter accident. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, no, brilliant. Anyway, right. But that would it would solve our ULED's problems. It would. It, it yeah.
0: definitely would. Yes. Yes. <laughs> right. So, what what would you like to discuss
2: now? Well, I mean, like like I said, (laughs) ULIS obviously is a big issue at the moment. But I think that, you know, one of the things that I'm going to be looking at Mm -hmm. is, because you mentioned earlier, is it still possible to get cars that are ULIS compliant on a budget? And I'll be looking at that. So that's one of the things I'm going to be exploring. Um, But it is possible to find ways, you know, to, A, to continue to be mobile, to get a car that you can afford to run Mm. for that money. You take, for example, you know, something like, uh, you know, uh, a a small Hyundai or Kia hatchback from, say, the mid-2000s. 2005 or something like that, those are generally all ULES compliant and mm-hmm. you could probably find one of those for about two grand less than two grand, mm. so you know cars like that are out there just yeah. so the problem that we have at the moment is that You know the used market is um, is in flux. You know because the values have gone up, supply is very very short. So people people are probably wondering like, well, why is that? What's happened? Where have all the used cars gone? Well, I haven't gone anywhere. They're still here. Mm. But what happens is there's a turnover of cars. There's more people. So uh, invariably, when you take out when you buy a new car, most people don't technically buy a new car they take out a new car on finance Mm. so on a PCP scheme on a higher purchase or whatever and rarely what happens is you take it out on a three year or five year contract most likely a three year contract so at the end of three years you go back and you go right I want to give it in and I want to get a new car right what happened was that during the pandemic, that happened, a lot of people went in and they said, right, we want a new car. And the manufacturers were A, either closed at the time, mm. or B, the factories had stopped making yeah. cars, or, or C, they just didn't have any cars. So people were like, yeah, but I need, I need out. I need out of this car. You know, I need to get into another car. And they said, okay, well, we'll take that off your hand. You get a used car. So then the used car market started to get used up. And that's all that, then that demand sort of started to increase the, the price of the used car market. Mm. So this this kind of vicious circle that happened just made things worse and worse and worse because the new car supplier didn't come back until several months afterwards. In fact it's still not where it should be. Mm. If you go into a dealer today and you order a car, chances are you're gonna be waiting eight to twelve months for that car. Yeah. You know, unless they have a new car in stock or something like that. Which if they do, they'll probably charge you a lot more for it. Mm. So it's it's a really difficult situation. Yeah. And it's again it's another one of those things where the Ulys the time scale of Ulez is is Abhorrent, really, if you think about it, mm. because it's not giving people enough time or, 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 or chance to take stock of things, to figure out where they are, to figure out what they can afford or what yeah. they can do or where they, should, where they should go, what they should buy, how they should buy it. It's not giving people that chance because if they go out into the market, they'll find that there actually aren't enough cars. Mm. And even this notion that, oh, well, everybody should buy an EV. Well, there aren't enough EVs. Mm. There aren't. They they can't build them fast enough. You know, there's only so much lithium that can be mined at any given point. Mm. One of the things that they are now looking at is that, um, and a lot of experts have looked into this, is that 2030 which in the UK is a cut-off point for yeah. petrol and diesel car, new car sales. So, for those that don't know, uh, in 2030, you will not be able to buy a new petrol or diesel car. You will only be able to buy an electric car oh. or some hybrid cars. Brand yeah. new, that is. Used, yes, but brand new, no. So, oh. they will not be able to sell new petrol or diesel cars after tw- uh, from 2030 onwards. Cracky. Yeah. So, basically, you're heading into a scenario where manufacturers, car dealers, will be sitting there in 2030 going... I don't have any cars to sell. Mm. The reason being is because a lot of experts have looked at lithium at the moment, which is the chief component of an uh, electric car battery, and they say that we will probably experience a shortage. We're okay at the moment, but we'll experience a shortage in 2030. That's not good, is it? No. No, but it's inevitable with all of these things. You know, if you, yeah. try, and, if you try and... It's like putting all your eggs into one basket, mm. which, is, which is what I fear that we're doing right now with electric cars. Yeah. You know? And the weird thing is that we've been down this road... Wrote before Mm. because we did the same thing with diesels. Yeah. Because I remember, as I mentioned earlier, I was um, the launch editor of the Parker's Guide website. (coughs) <coughs> Parker's Guide is a consumer buying website consumer car buying website mm-hmm. uh, we used to advise people on pricing and stuff like that sitting in the office we actually used to get a lot of phone calls from people and a lot of people were switching to diesel at that time because there was a big you know, there was a big push to try and get people to move to diesel yeah. I used to get calls all the time from people saying oh, I want to buy diesel, well, what have you got at the moment, I've got this car, well how far do you drive no I just drive to the station and back mm. why do you need a diesel, well because I've been told it's the right thing to do It's not. You know, it it doesn't make any sense for you because you're going to be paying a lot more money and not actually getting the benefit of diesel because you're only driving to the station and back every day. Mm. There's no point. But a lot of people felt compelled because that was the narrative at that time. And today we have the narrative that EVs are the best way to go. Mm. And and as I said earlier, I'm not against EVs. And I do think that in a particular set of circumstances, EVs are probably the ideal car for you. Yeah. But they're not for everybody. No. But… The way that we're pushing everybody towards EVs, yeah. I fear that we might get back into that same scenario again where suddenly everybody's bought EVs, then they find they can't charge them, they can't go anywhere, and the dealers haven't got any to sell, mm. and then we're sitting there in, in ten years' time from now and the government's going, Ah oh, yeah, about that thing about EVs? Yeah, yeah, we we made a mistake. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What so what yeah. are we buying now? We're buying coal fusion nuclear cars now. That's it. Oh, right. <laughs> I don't know, whatever whatever it's gonna be. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like so it'll be the next big thing, right? And they're suddenly like, oh EVs now, we're gonna we're, EVs now you have to pay ULES what mm, you know yeah, what I mean that yeah. will happen right
0: yeah oh definitely <laughs> but get your plans in now
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well you can't can you because you can't plan for these things no, and I think this oh. is the other problem with what ULES has highlighted to us mm. is that you know if I had known I bought my I only bought my car in March of last year yeah now, why did I buy my car? This is the other story. Now, the, the reason I bought a 1989 BMW 3 Series was because in the 90s, I used to own one. Yeah. And I, and I loved that car. I mm-hmm. adored it. And I had to sell it because I was, in, in circumstances, financial circumstances, I was buying a place and I, I couldn't, I had to sell it. And I always regretted selling it.
1: Mm.
2: I was at the NEC in March last year um, covering an auction event. And mm. there was this car right. that was so similar to the one that I used to own. Yeah. And I kind of fell in love with it, you know. So I was like, "Cool." Oh. Next day, it came up on auction, and silly stuff happened. And next thing I know, I'm, You've got it. I'm, I'm going there to pick it up. So it was like a, it was a love story rekindled, in mm, a sense, right? Yeah. But back in March. If I had known for sure that ULIS was going to come in so quickly to my area, because at the time ULIS was coming up to the North Circular, Circular, and I'm like, well, I'm okay, I'm fine, because I'm just on the outside of the North Circular, Mm. and actually the North Circular itself and South Circular you can use is just if you turn into London, it's a problem. Mm. So I thought, that's fine, I'll never drive into London. I don't drive into London anyway, so it's fine. But if I had known back then, and mm. maybe I might not have bought it. You mm. know, maybe I would have been like, "Why, why, why do that to myself? Yeah. Why rekindle a love affair only to then have to cut it short again, mm. which, which will be in August this yeah. year?" So it doesn't make sense. So it's the idea of giving people enough time to plan and think ahead, but also the notion of, "Well, what's next? Mm. Where is this leading?"
0: Yeah. Well, because because my mum's like sort of in the wheelchair so much, and to take her out, I was taking her to hospital appointments. Um I couldn't get her wheelchair in the car I had, so I had to borrow the money. And this was only last year, um and I bought the Skoda Roomster. Right, Um lovely car. It's diesel, but she's in going to be in where the new El. For
2: what year is the the Skoda? Uh, oh, oh.
0: Five.
2: Ah. Yeah. And that was last year you bought it. I bought it. last year, yeah. So that's that exactly highlights what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like again, if you had yeah. known or if you had been advised correctly at that time, you yeah. would not have done that. Because no. now suddenly you've invested in that vehicle, yeah. which is the ideal vehicle for your scenario. Yeah. And now you're suddenly facing a situation where like, well, what do I do with this now?
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Do yeah. I just have to pay the £12.50 you know every yeah. time you use it? Yeah, yeah I know. It and just,
0: it's, it's a lovely car and, you know, it drives well. You know, it hasn't got a great big smoke coming out the back. I just, no. I don't understand it. There's
2: the irony you know? of diesels as well. It's like diesels are on a, on a, on a deathly decline right now. You know, mm. the sales have completely diminished. You know, manufacturers don't even offer them anymore in many ranges. Mm. And people have gone off them big time because the government's yeah. turned around and said, oh, you know, we told you to buy diesels. Yeah, now we're <laughs> telling you not to <laughs> buy diesels. <Yeah. laughs> but, the, but the whole irony of diesels is the fact that the latest model diesel engines mm. are actually the cleanest they've ever been. Oh, wow. And the latest, latest Euro 6, uh, latest generation Euro 6, yeah. <laughs> there's this thing where they actually clean the air. mm so they actually, there's filters in there that will absorb some of the particulates. So technically, oh. the air going out, coming out, is actually the cleaner than the air going into those cars.
0: Yeah, <laughs> wow.
2: That's like the buses; they have add blue
0: in them that, yeah. that cleans everything. Yeah, up, doesn't exactly. It?
2: Yeah. So I think again, one of the uh, th- the aspects that we're overlooking here is to look at technology for solutions. Mm. Yeah. You know, because if we go, yeah. just let's just ban everything, it's like, well, yeah. hang on, There's, there are solutions out there. Mm. There are things that we can do. There are yeah. circumstances that we can explore. Mm. There's alternatives. I mean, mm. again, the whole EV thing. The fact is that, well, what happens to all the petrol cars? Oh, petrol usage is bad. Okay, it's bad, but are people aware of the fact that there are such things as e-fuels, synthetic fuels, mm. and synthetic fuels made from carbon extraction? Essentially, you're looking at a net zero fuel because you're creating fuel by, when I say carbon extraction, I literally mean carbon extraction, like extracting mm. carbon back out of the air. Yeah. So the carbon that we're putting into the air, we're extracting it back, back, converting it back into petrol, using it, then extracting it back out again. Wow. Net zero, right? Yeah. So all of a sudden, there's all these technologies that we're just completely, hydrogen, mm. we, we've ignored that one. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a difficult one because hydrogen, the infrastructure is very expensive and it hasn't entirely caught on. But it's still something that we should explore mm. because out of a hydrogen-powered uh, car, all you get out of the tailpipe is water. Oh, right. So it's like, wow, you get water. This is great. Yeah. I said if i had known that when I lived in the desert, that would be brilliant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how, many t- how many times have I gone out in the desert, forgotten to take bottles of water oh, with no. me? No. <laughs> it's all right. I'll just drink out of the tailpipe. It'll be fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't
0: like it lips oh, yeah. too yeah, close yeah, to it exactly
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, but there are alternatives that we need to look at and I yeah. think that this is where we're being very short sighted you know mm. we're just rushing headlong into let's let's everybody convert to EVs it's like well
1: yeah.
2: now here's the other thing if you want to get into it, it's like uh, and again just, just praising this with saying I'm not anti-EV I, I think they're fantastic vehicles mm-hmm. but the carbon footprint of an EV mm. before you get it so, mm-hmm. this is the production of the car and the okay. delivery to you. Before you get it, yeah. it's 26 tons. 26 tons of CO2 has mm. been put out just to make to, to basically get the raw materials to yeah. make that car and to deliver it to you. So, before you've turned the wheel, it's already put out 26 tons of CO2 emissions. Wow. A typical petrol car is mm. at about 6 tons. Oh, wow. Same scenario. So, if you it's a are. Difference. It's a big difference. But then multiply that. Mm. You know, if you're saying to me that, you, for example, you take the UK, there's 40 million vehicles in the UK. If you say to me, right, we want to convert the entirety of that 40 million car park into EVs, mm. 40 million times 26 tons of CO2. What are you doing it's to the lot. environment? <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> you know? oh. so there's, there So there are so many questions that need to be answered. And oh, there's yeah. so many aspects of this that I don't think that we fully thought through mm. and, uh, and there's things like you, you know is there enough lithium what is the supply what is the shipping mm. vast majority of lithium at the moment which is again the component that goes into EV batteries is coming from Australia Oh right, yeah vast vast majority of it so you go well if you're getting a car an EV here how does that work well a lot of that lithium is actually being shipped from Australia to China mm. where it's then being refined and turned into batteries which are then being shipped to car factories oh <laughs> So if you start to think of the logistics of that, you just go, hang on, that is a lot of damage we're doing to the environment. Just to have a new car, isn't it better to just continue running our old car? Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. The the annual footprint of running your existing car is about four tons. Mm Mm-hmm. And for a classic, it's even less. For yeah. a classic, it's like 40,000 uh, uh, kilograms or whatever. That's it. Because you, the, the usage of classic cars is so rare. But, but, yeah. but the idea is like the most, I've always said the most econ- um, environmentally friendly car mm. is an old one that sh- just keeps going. Yeah. Because that's, co- that's stuff that's already been extracted. It's yeah. already been used. It's already been made. Mm. So all the cost of that is just running it. until it dies and until it literally dies it cannot run anymore Mm. and then you've got everything out of that and the average lifespan of a good car well maintained you're looking at 30, 40 years easily Mm. you know so it's it's about putting these things into context I think
0: Mm. definitely Uh, oh dear (laughs) sad think about all those poor Poor cars that go into the scrapyard in the sky. No, I no, it, it,
2: it is. It is tragic. Yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. Maybe we need to have another car song to lift our spirits at this time. Oh, <laughs> how about a bit of madness driving? In oh yes, I love that one. <laughs> Morris Minor, he had in that one. In the video for that. Driving. Oh,
0: oh, there we are. Yeah, We've got it. That's a great. One. Or we could have had driving home for Christmas, but get nah, no, I get into trouble. for playing Christmas songs early. Yeah, yeah. Way, way early. <laughs>
2: I, love I, can, that. I can picture the video in my head, it's yeah, so funny, yeah, it's brilliant.
0: <laughs> Madness, one of my favorite bands, they are great, Suggs. Yeah. <gasps>
2: oh. <laughs> must be
0: love.
1: <laughs> oh, definitely,
2: definitely.
0: <laughs> oh, dear, right? So, um, right, I've just found that. on 25th of February, 12 noon.
2: That's the protest in Trafalgar Square. That's the Trafalgar one. So there's two happening. One happening, so just to to remind everybody again, one happening this weekend on Saturday in Bromley. Yep. uh, That's uh, Market Square, Bromley Town Mm Centre. And then the other one is in Trafalgar Square, and that's the one that you've just confirmed is on the the 25th on Saturday. Yep. And and both of these are from 12... Noon, yes. so they're both for midday um, I will stay in touch with the organizers in fact there's a couple of Facebook pages Action Against You mm-hmm. um, where this stuff is being updated so if people yep. are on Facebook and they want to find out or get involved they can go onto there mm-hmm. and that's where they should just log in and get involved in the conversation um, I also will keep an eye on these things, and I am in touch with one or two of the organizers as well. So if there's any other events or anything happening, then I will certainly be putting out across all of my channels as well, so people yep. can stay tuned to those as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's lots of activity. And I think that it's, it's, you know, if you had asked me at the end of last year, what are the chances that you, this ULIS expansion is definitely going ahead, I would say it's probably 95% is definitely going ahead. Mm. Weird thing is at this point, if you ask me, I would say I think we're looking at about eighty percent mm. because of the fact that you know the councils have put their ore in. Yeah, so there's some high-profile MPs have really raised serious concerns, mm. and the fact that you know he's the the mayor has found to be shall we say, um, polishing some of
1: the statistics (laughs)
2: uh, that have have been put out, I think there's a fair case of, wait a minute, this is not quite justified. Mm. It it clearly isn't justified. No. Uh, And at the very least, it should be postponed, um, if not stopped altogether. Yeah, definitely. I mean,
0: you know, people are going to have to pay to go to Chessington.
2: (sighs) That's a nightmare.
0: yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) But <laughs> someone be
2: happy. <laughs> but it, but it's true though, isn't it? I mean, yeah. you know, if you, you, I mean, you, you, we we're laughing, but you raise a fair point because if, as a family, if you go out, the cost mm. of going to something like Chessington, yeah. the tickets, the, the multiply, the yeah. parking, and then the food, yeah. and then the rides, and then yeah. you're adding another twelve pound fifty on top of that.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's a nightmare.
2: Yeah, stay yeah. at home. Yep. <laughs> Yes, definitely. Listen, listen to Ridge Radio. That's right.
0: <laughs> yeah, of course. We have all different shows. <laughs> but I'll wait um, for the Bollywood coming up. next.
2: is great. I'm looking yes, forward to that.
0: Yeah, I think that's on a um, Monday.
2: Hopefully. Oh, right. Okay, I'll tune into that but one.
0: He's still in training at the oh,
2: moment. All right. right, okay.
0: So, um, yeah, he will be coming. I'm sure it was on a Monday. I'll let you know for definite when that starts. Um, yeah, I just typed into Facebook Ulis and there's actually a lot more different sites.
2: Yeah, there's come two up. main groups. There's two yeah. main groups. Actually, there's one with a green top on there, one with a red top yeah. action against Ulis, and another one. Yeah, they're there two main ones. But there's lots. There's a, including Bromley has one, and Croydon has one as well.
0: Yep, right? and Sutton
2: has right, one, right.
0: and I found out today Merton has right, one. Right, 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 right. So you know you've so got join your own them. individual ones exactly. and big main ones join
2: them get involved also there's lots of petitions out there at the moment as well yes make sure you sign all of those yes yeah. all of those yeah.
0: doesn't matter what it says yeah. as long as it says stop sign yeah we
2: basically <laughs> we need to get the numbers up yes to make the point that we, we are not happy yeah. we're not happy that we've been ignored for a yes. start in oh, the yes. consultative process yeah yeah, mm. Definitely, definitely.
0: Right, so go and plug your
2: channel again. Yeah, so there you go. I mean, thanks very much for inviting me on your show. It's been a fantastic, oh, thank you for uh, a real pleasure, and I have really enjoyed it. And thanks so much for giving me the opportunity to plug Brown Car Guy. Yeah, and basically, it's very easy. You go into TikTok, go onto, uh, uh Instagram, go into Facebook, and of course, definitely go into YouTube. Just type in Brown Car Guy. Yep. You will find me. I also have a website called BrownCarGuy.com. Very, yep. very easy. You yep. can you cannot not find me. I found you. <laughs>
0: And one last one, the TFL site to check your... Yes, tfl.gov.
2: So just type in tfl.gov or just type in ULES Checker TFL uh, and it will take you to that website. Use that one to check for ULES. Don't use any others.
0: Right. Okay, well done. Thank you very much.
2: Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks a lot.
0: Bye. Bye.
2: Bye. Hope you enjoyed that video. If you did, please, please hit the like button and share this video as well if you can. And while you're at it, check out these guys who also sponsor my content. I am deeply grateful to them because it helps me to buy new equipment, put fuel in the cars, and yes, buy a cup of coffee. You can do the same. Just go here or right here on YouTube. Just hit these three little dots down here and click on thanks. Make sure you're signed in first. My content is free, but this is how you can help me keep it that way. I may even send you a gift. Oh, by the way, What's this next?